guys. Welcome to The Breakdown. My name is Mary. I'm one of your hosts. I am here with Brock and Josh again, another week. How are y'all doing? I am so good. How you doing, Brock? Well, I was doing really good until Mary said again. <laughs> I felt like, <laughs> it felt uh, a little... Here I am with these guys. Here we again. Are again. Yeah, I was doing good <laughs> Sorry, until Sorry, let me try that again. Um, here we are again. No. <laughs> still, still hurts a little bit. Still has pain in it. Uh, but anyways, uh, each week we get together and we take a portion of the weekend teaching at Hope Fellowship and we break it down and we basically take some of the scripture that's talked about, but we're doing something a little bit of a, what I like to call a remix, remix. And so for this, um, we're doing kind of a short series is going to be broken up, but it's called Now I Know. And so basically none of us, we know, we really don't even have to say this. We don't have it figured out. <laughs> we don't, we don't have all the answers or anything like that, but we wanted to take some time just to teach you guys some of the lessons we've learned through our own journeys. And so between the three of us, we all are in different st- stages of life, different ages, um, different experiences. And so it's going to be fun to kind of hear some of our stories, but also what we've learned and how we've grown in different things. And hopefully kind of connect with you in that way. And, and maybe one of them specifically might speak to you more than another. And so um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And today we have, drum roll, please. Oh, I was like, what are we going to do? I can't like do it with my hands. Um, we have Brock today. So Brock, can you tell us like a little bit about your Hope history before we like jump into this? Sure. So I have been at Hope Fellowship since 2010. So whatever year in the future you're listening to that this podcast uh and i started out here working with the grow department Mm. doing classes and bible studies and all that kind of stuff i didn't know that and then moved over in the last six seven years probably to doing care and support which is like Mm -hmm. re-engage regeneration pastoral counseling and so that's what i've been doing here for the last 12 years as of today Mm. that's a podcast yeah so there's been a few things i've thought that I knew along the way and realized I didn't. <laughs> and so today I want to talk about one of those things that I thought I was good at for a long time, but realized, oh no. Not so I, much. Not so much. And so, but it's this idea that I'm really, it feels like the scriptures are very clear that one of our main goals is to love other people well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so been on a journey of trying to figure that out and feel like this concept really is the straw that stirs the drink, yes. the one that really hits at home and can really make people feel loved and valued that I thought I had, but I didn't, and I'm still needing to grow a lot in. So that's mm. why I want to talk about this today. And this this actually stirred up. stirred up. This might be the key to living out the scriptures mm. and loving other people yeah. in modern society. Which we talk about all today. the time. On I feel like every scripture we break down, it almost always boils down to this. So it's right. such a such an important thing. Yeah. So I want to read, since we are talking about the Bible, I thought it'd be okay to, to read the Bible. I think so. Just a little bit yeah. here. But in James chapter 1, verses 19 through 20, and James chapter 1, 19 might be one of those verses we need to memorize. Mm. And it says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Mm. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Ouch. Yeah. So it's funny Years ago, I realized that I wasn't interacting with people as well as I wanted to. And so I started seeing an executive executive coach 
uh, Randy is his name. Okay. And so one of the things that was funny about Randy is I was just never in a place in life where I could receive feedback very well. Mm-hmm. People would come up and tell me something. And I'd be like, yeah, that's nice. Shut up. Thank yeah. you. Let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> is that why you had, did you have a moment like that? And then you were like, okay, I definitely need to go see this coach now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it was like, okay, something's just not clicking. You kept hitting a wall. Kept hitting a wall. And so it was funny as the years went by with Randy is I noticed that he could say anything to me mm-hmm. and I'd be like, wow, that's great. Thank you. That just, He could say anything that even super negative. I'd be like, man, thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. Like I was looking <laughs> forward to his information. Yeah. And so I thought, why, why is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you know, what's happening here that this scenario, this place. Uh, and so then I also had a friend who was studying to become a therapist and during this friend's studying, like we would talk and then I'd start to share something that bothered me. And this friend would always just jump straight to giving advice to me. Mm. And I always felt a little unfulfilled. Like, that's not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. That, oh, this is not where we're supposed to be. And then as that friend progressed in their studies, like there became this moment where I would share something that might be bothering me or, or I was struggling with. And there was almost like this look in his eyes, like, oh man, I am so sorry. Mm. I'm so sorry that you're having to deal with that. Mm. And at that moment, I thought, that's what I wanted. That's the response I wanted. I didn't want advice. And so, begin to realize that there was this idea that most people probably have down a little bit. I was aware of it, this idea called empathy, this concept called empathy. And so, empathy is the ability to to be with someone in a situation Mm. and, and, and not be in this person that you're outside trying to, guide or give advice or whatever. And so, uh, I want to explain that in just a few moments, if, if you guys don't mind. But, if you, Josh, I think you've read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence yeah. People. Uh, many times. I love that book. Yeah. And so, sometimes it gets a bad rap because it's used as a, like, oh, you're using this like to manipulate. Yeah, you're manipulating yeah. people. But it's really more about how to make people feel loved and valued. And as you do that, then people are drawn to you and you're actually making a bigger impact in the yeah. world and people feel loved and mm-hmm. valued. And so, Empathy, I think, goes a long, long way with that. So, uh, I don't know if you, have you guys ever heard of Brene Brown before? Not Renee, but Brene. Oh, yes, we love her. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and so, she talks about, she has this little video. If you want to uh, Google this thing, just look, Google Brene Brown empathy video. That's fun to say. <laughs> and it just is a quick little two or three minute video. And it says several things in there that uh, about empathy. And she explains that. One of the ideas is that empathy fuels connection. So actually people are drawn to that. They want to connect with you more. Um, And empathy is really about an emotional connection that you're connecting with someone. You're feeling and sensing what they feel. And it's understanding that even a response that I have can rarely make a difference. Mm. The, The words I say aren't as powerful as that actual connection with someone else. And wow, empathy is connecting with them so they know they're not alone mm. in their struggle. And empathy is helping another person feel seen, uh, feel heard, feel understood, connected, and valued. Mm. And so really that's like, man, if you wanted someone to feel loved and heard, you'd want them to feel seen. Yeah. You'd want them to feel valued, connected, and heard. And most of the time in my experience as a pastor, I've done the exact opposite of that. Mm. Because I felt like for a long time, it was my job to have all the answers and to give advice. And so, like, say someone would come to me with a problem, there'd almost be this tendency inside of me to say, hold on, wait, 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 wait. 
Let me give you the answer. Let me fix this for you. Let me fix this for you. And so just like my friend that was learning how to be a therapist, there would be a level of frustration like, boy, I didn't really get to share or I didn't feel understood in that moment. I just kind of got lectured to. And so therefore you don't feel as connected. But when you feel that someone is in the soup Mm -hmm. (laughs) with you and understands and hears your heart and understands your perspective, then all of a sudden it's like, you're like, okay, if you understand me, you can, I trust you. You can share whatever you want to share with me. I'd love to hear that. I think that was the thing that my executive coach was doing, Randy, is that he was in the soup with me. And I felt like he believed in me and he understood me. And when someone has that street cred in your Mm -hmm. brain, then it's carte blanche. They can share whatever. And so what happens though, is a lot of times in life, we turn that around. And so we want to fix we want to tell people what to yeah. do. And we're trying to be usually helpful, right? Like yeah. it, it, we get it backwards. We're thinking, oh, this is me loving someone when really it's almost the opposite. Yeah. And it's interesting because the it's you're almost between a rock and a hard place too because often people, maybe they don't know exactly what they need yet. They come to you. Maybe they're looking for some kind of sage advice. And it's not until you've entered into the soup with them that they go, oh, that's actually what I need. Yes. And so uh, and so it kind of takes even a little bit of understanding. Like you and your story, you kind of, you, you weren't quite able to put your finger on it, but there was something about the way he entered into that with you where you were like, oh, that's like refreshing to my soul. Um, and, and then and once he was, as you said, in the soup with you, then he, he was able to apply wisdom, apply knowledge uh, because he actually knew what was going on. That's a beautiful way to put it because... I think we're always seeking advice and wisdom, but there's something inside of us that says we need connection first. Mm-hmm. But we may not even be able to articulate that. But once that connection happens, then all the rest of it just kind of kind of flows into place. Yeah. And so, you know, because I get to work with marriages a lot and people, it feels like in marriages oftentimes, and I don't want to stereotype here too much, but men are not very good at this, mm. that when our wives come to us and they want to share, we instantly get in fixed mode. Yeah. We instantly like, okay, you can stop talking now. I'm going to tell you how to fix this. And how would you think that would make someone feel? Yeah, and it almost feels like your project. Yeah. You know, like not a person, your project. Yeah. Even if that's not the intention, that's just how it feels. Yeah. And I, I can't speak for all the husbands out there, but not only do I go straight into fix-it mode when someone's talking to me, but when someone goes into fix-it mode when I'm talking to them, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. It's so yeah. It's such a weird... You really want someone just to hear you and say, I understand you. Yeah. I can feel and empathize with you. And that's really what we're after. And then, okay, now let's start to talking. But so it's not like it's, it's the, all the ingredients are there. We just get them in the wrong order. Yeah. Well, and even uh, to speak for the ladies out there, I see (laughs) this, like it's a control thing too sometimes. And I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, whoever we are in, in whatever relationships out of love, we, turn it and distort it into control. And I see that in my own marriage. Well, I'll do that. And I'll be like, well, let me, like, I want you to do it this way, or I think it should be done this way. And so I think there's that way to identify with it as well, is it's just this need to control the situation so you can feel okay about yourself even. Because a lot of times, and this is something I'm trying to get better at, is we do not like to sit in negative emotion or negative things. And so we try to fix it or control it to get out of that. But really what people need, what we need, what we've all identified is we need someone to experience that negative emotion with us and say, man, I am so sorry that that is going on. I see your perspective. I understand you. And once that happens, then it's like there's this connection, there's this freedom 
that allows us then to move forward. Yeah. But until we get that, it's impossible or really difficult to move forward. Yeah, there's a lot of walls there. Yeah, and so even uh, Patrick Lencioni wrote a book called Four Dysfunctions of a Team or Dysfunctions of whatever it's called. Patrick mm-hmm. Lencioni, Something Dysfunctions of a Team. Yep. <laughs> but he says in there that if you're at a workplace and you don't feel seen, heard, and valued, it's going to get wonky for you as an employee. Mm-hmm. That if you go into your boss and start to say, hey, here's something I'm— struggling with and that boss can't sit in negative emotion, they immediately try to fix you or change you, then you don't feel very valued. And wherever you don't feel valued, you kind of want to walk away or get out of that situation. So even marriage, this this idea of empathy is massively important. Mm -hmm. Friendships, relationships, helping other people, work. This is everywhere that this concept truly defines. And as we were talking about this before, this is almost like foundational qualities to be a great leader is you have to have empathy. Because if you don't have empathy, the people that you're working with don't feel seen, heard, or valued, and therefore they feel disconnected. And And it's so second nature too, I think. It's like you you experience or have a conversation and you just react, you know? So it's, we all say, oh, like, let's listen, but it's so hard to in the moment do that. And so how amazing then now is it to think of scripture? I think it's in Romans where Paul says, you know, weep with those who weep. Yep. Jesus said, um, treat others as you would have them treat you. So so that's kind of this, um, I would like to be treated this way. Um, or, so therefore I'm going to display that to them. Now you think of those things and go back to that passage from James where he's instructing us like, hey, be slow to speak. Yeah. Be quick to listen. Yeah. You know, slow to anger. Uh, almost says this, that's not going to be your default. So put this into practice until that becomes second nature to you. Yeah, so helpful. Typically, we're quick to speak, mm-hmm. uh, quick to get angry, <laughs> quick to not listen. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. Yeah. And so, and that's why I call this the straw that stirs the drink idea because this seems to mold into all those areas of caring for other people. Because if we can get where we're actually going to put someone's needs above our own, that's pretty great. Uh, and so, Brene Brown, again, not Rene, Br- mm-hmm. Brene, Brene, says there are four qualities of empathy, and I'll put these in the, in the show notes for this, this uh, particular podcast. She said the first thing we have to do is perspective-taking, the ability to recognize their perspective is the way they see it. We're not trying to mold our story. I'm like, so if Mary's telling me a story, it's my job to understand how Mary sees the story. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we feel like that's, oh, boy, I need to help them and reshape them. It's like, oh, I need to hear because I might be giving advice that has nothing to do with what they're truly saying from their perspective. Right. And the second thing then is staying out of judgment. I'm not trying to come up with answers. I'm not in my mind thinking, what am I going to say? I'm just literally trying to hear Mary's story, mm-hmm. stay out of judgment, and make sure I understand it, how she sees it. The third is recognizing emotion in other people. Because it's so funny, as I've become mm-hmm. friends with several therapists, it's like, as we're just talking as friends, and sometimes I'll share something that's hard, like there's this look in their eye that they understand. There's almost emotion through their eyes and their faces like, man, I'm so sorry. And in that moment, the connection is so real. And I feel like, oh my gosh, this person cares about me. They're truly my friend. They can say anything to me. I'm like, what do you want to say to me? You know, Mm -hmm. just because there's been that connection. And then the last thing she says, and that's what these therapists are doing, is communicating that you understand that emotion. Mm -hmm. And so, Here's a quote that I made up myself, and maybe I stole it from somewhere Ooh. in my sleep one time. But said, one, <laughs> but I say, once people feel seen, heard, valued, and understood, then they are surprisingly open to guidance, correction, support, and new direction. Yep. Mm. 
we often want to give the direction first, and it's just like yeah, we've said already, then it's just backwards. And so I'll tell you the the so I because I want to just share some personal experience here. So this idea of in James, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, uh, and then to maybe reiterate some of the the points you just made. Like one I heard was listen well, so actually try to uh, actively listen for what's going on. And, and then in order to really understand, you're going to have to probably ask good questions. Yeah. And so those two th- things happening uh, like well, uh, um, a lot, long before you speak, it's really going to help you know what even needs to be addressed, what needs to be said, right? And, uh, and then when you finally do share, now not only do you have like a good understanding of what's going on, context, circumstance, things like that, um, but you can ask the Lord to help you share some kind of truth out of love or whatever. Uh, I've, I've just over the years, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this, but um, you deal with a lot of conflict when your job is the ministry uh, because people are wrestling with very, very important things in their lives. Also, you know what I mean? And so, uh, and so there often is conflict. And, and I've seen a huge difference between being quick to anger, quick to speak versus slow to anger, slow to speak, you know, quick to listen. And uh, it, it's pretty incredible how wise that is practically. Yeah, and think about if someone in the church were to come to you and they're upset with something and you're immediately trying to correct them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to go over really well. Yeah. <laughs> but if, the, if it comes, they come to you and you're like, hey, let me understand what you're concerned about. Yeah. And that person feels like you've taken the time to really hear them then all of a sudden, and you may not have said anything. They're like, "Oh, what a great person!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's because you had the ability to listen and, and take their perspective yeah. and identify with their emotion, and yeah. that's empathy. And think about that in marriage. If our spouse comes to us and they're wanting to have a conversation, we're immediately wanting to get out of that negative emotion. We immediately want to fix because we are dealing with our own issues. Then they don't feel seen, heard, or valued. Man, that can really mess with an it's intimate damaging, relationship. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yep. So how do we like practically do that? Like, what does that look like if I were sitting? next to you, sharing my heart or, or talking about an offense, what, what would that look like? All right, so I have, I have a few ideas that I've picked up along the way. And again, I'm still on the journey of becoming more empathetic. And Josh has told me a couple of times I'm on a journey to becoming more pathetic. <laughs> uh, you left the imp off the part. The I think you misunderstood Yeah, me. okay, all right. So it's like James 119, we listen more than we speak. Yeah. So tr- yeah. if you were to create a pie graph of your conversations, and think about your words. Are your words filling up the majority of that pie graph? Mm. So just a little visual thing. I want less yeah. words in that pie graph. Is the filling overflowing out of the pan? It's it's apple. <laughs> and so the, then you want to ask questions. So Dr. John Gottman, who's a marriage researcher, says that if you want to change your life, ask more questions than you make statements. Mm. Because questions invite people to share. Question, statements are just telling what you believe. So the more questions we can ask, we're inviting people to, to tell what's going on. Yeah. Um, obviously, we need to be praying for people. That's kind of a given that is, allows us to have this supernatural empathy that's created. But not in a passive-aggressive way. Not a passive-aggressive. I'll aggressive. pray for you. I'll be praying for you, loser. Because <laughs> this All is right. your problem. Was that passive-aggressive, Mary? Or were you just giving an example? <laughs> Definitely it, example. It's kind of the beginning of the podcast again. <laughs> All right. And so we we also we have to use our body language. And so, so many times in relationships, it's easy if someone's talking to us in negative emotions, we want to look away. Uh, we want to kind of just ball up a little bit, yeah. but like inviting ourselves and being open to them. And, and yeah. eye contact is huge. And the, we can speak so much through our eyes. Like, yeah. man, I am with you. Yeah, nonverbal I'm, communications, man. Nonverbal, yeah. And so, and we allow them to be the main drivers for input advice. Yeah. So it's almost like we need an invitation then to say, here's what you should do. Yeah. And I know that seems really scary, 
But it's amazing as people feel connected to you, they're seeking out that advice then. And so we're just trusting the process, this God-given loving other people process mm-hmm. of being quick to speak, quick to listen, then people are saying, hey, then it's like we get that opportunity. And so that's a big deal. Mm. And so again, uh, there's a statement that one of my professors used to say uh, back in college, that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. And really that's empathy. Mm. We want people to know that we care about them before we want them to know how much we know. And so people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so, and obviously we need this at home. We need this at work. We need this in everyday life. We need this everywhere. And could you imagine if we were actually able to live this out with anybody that mm-hmm. comes away, someone that might be a different political view, yeah. someone that might be angry at us, and we were to say, I want to hear your story. Yeah, yeah. And- I listened to this one podcast of um, a psychologist, and she studies the brain. She was interviewing this guy and talking about how as kids grow up, it's so important for them to read books mm-hmm. so that they can get into the shoes of other people's perspective. Mm-hmm. And so every day she would wake up and, and they would read, you know, these little kids' books so that she could build that empathy so that we can learn perspective and understand how to see things through another person's eyes, which is the challenge of this, I think. Yeah, and in our modern society with with uh, political tensions and racial yeah. tensions, how great would it be to someone that is thinks differently, that sees the world differently, not for us to go and say, I need you to understand how I think about this, yeah. but to go and say, I would really like to understand how you think about this. Mm-hmm. And anybody that's going to do that for you, like you're going to say like, wow, this is a good person. How many books a day was five-year-old Brock reading back in the day? <laughs> How many books a day? <laughs> little, little well, <laughs> I was a curious George. So that was, I read Curious George a lot. Oh, there that's, we go. Yeah, well, so. that, that is just so good. And yeah, I know anyone awesome. listening, like, I think all of us, if we're honest, this is not natural for anybody. And so just to encourage you guys that, you know, we're all in a process of learning this, but it is so good. And, and if even Brock can learn this process. Mm. That sounded mean and it was not supposed to be mean. It wasn't, I swear. (laughs) It was supposed to be like someone so wise has learned this. I'll tell you this though. I swear. I'd love love to hear more about your perspective, Mary. Tell me more about that. It's very empathetic of you, Brock. Thank you. Oh my my gosh, that's so good. Anybody listening right now, within the next 30 minutes, they're going to have an opportunity to practice this. To practice this. Yeah. That's you know, so true. That's I mean, so that's true. this, you're going to get a chance like very, very soon to apply this. Yeah. It's good stuff. So um, we hope that you enjoy this. This is just the first of the now I knows. Now you know empathy and how valuable and important it is. And so um, join us for Hope Fellowship service this weekend. If you want to check out the message from last weekend, you can. Um, and we are starting a new series on the book of Hebrews. So next week, we'll actually be back here. We're not going to have the now you know, now I know talk, but we're going to be talking about Hebrews. So we're really excited to jump into that. It's going to be really great. So we'll see you then. Bye. Adios. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Breakdown. You know, it's our hope that you've learned something new about God's Word for the sake of knowing God and taking one step in your journey to the center of God's purpose for your life. If you're wanting to keep the discovering going, which we hope you are, you can check out past episodes at hopefellowship.net slash podcasts or by searching The Breakdown on Spotify or any other streaming platform. And don't forget, please leave us a review. We'll see you guys next time for another episode of The Breakdown.